Welcome, friends, to Finding Her, a podcast that dives deep into personal development, creating a brand and business, self-management skills, and how to build that damn village, to name a few. I am your host, Julia Busby, a special education teacher by day that is working hard at building a brand, business, and community that will bring awareness and personal growth through weekly episodes. These weekly episodes will entail discussing topics we all have a hard time talking about in society. Just like you, I am a human juggler in this life, a wife who despises housework, and a mother of three. My passion is to serve others. So are you ready to learn? Let's do this. Welcome to episode 22 of Finding Her. I'm your host, Julia Busby, and today is going to be an amazing episode. I am going to touch on regulation. I had a friend in the 90s that let out a song. His name was Warren G. (laughs) And he made one of my most favorite memorable songs called Regulators. Regulators, mount up on 2-1 and Lewis. Like, I love that song if you guys know what I'm talking about. But anyhow, today's show, I'm going to teach you how to make a five-point scale that you can pair your and identify your own feelings triggers um, and different levels so we know that the highest level where you're going to be in crisis is a number five and your lowest which would be your baseline where you're nice and calm would be number one so get a pen and paper and get ready to learn enjoy welcome back friends to finding her i am julia busby and we are episode 22 dysregulation is real So I want to talk to you guys a little bit. I released a photo for this show, one of the um, marketing pieces of the show, and it shows an actual picture of one of my classrooms from many years ago, and it's showing you an example of a dysregulated student, okay? So what am I talking about in regards to dysregulation? What am I going to teach you today and how can you implement what I'm going to teach you into your life ASAP? So today's episode, I will dive straight into a hot topic, one that is seen in many classrooms across the nation today, dysregulation. More importantly, I will share with you how people not just students and classrooms, are going through their daily lives dealing with fallout from their states of dysregulation. Finally, I will share a simple idea or tool that you can use to help identify your feelings, triggers, and when and how dysregulation appears in your life. Sound good? Are you ready to learn? Because I am ready to teach you even though I'm partially sick. I'm recording in my bed. I look like I just rolled out of bed, but I am alive and well. No makeup, hair is a mess, hot mess express. So what do I mean by dysregulation? So first off, regulation is the term we use for being able to manage our feelings, being able to manage situations that maybe could cause problems or make us upset or make us lash out, but we decide to manage them with coping strategies or situations or any of those things that will help calm ourselves back to that baseline state, okay? So if we use that picture of my classroom as an example, many of my friends came into my program, although they had a disability, it's okay. Even though they had a disability, 
they were unable to regulate their emotions. They were had no skills in coping. They had no skills or any tools that they came with to school to learn how to manage their feelings. So the the feelings wheel is all all feelings. You've seen that movie Inside Out, right? Well, you've got calm, you've got um, angry, you've got out of control, you've got elated, you've got happiness, sadness, feeling sick. There's so many ranges of emotions. And if you think about it, what if you lacked a skill, so you had a deficit in your self-management and being able to communicate your wants and your needs, but then also when you're feeling all the feels, what behaviors are driven from your inability to self-manage or regulate those emotions. So that's where dysregulation comes in. And I titled the show Dysregulation is Real Life because that's what it is. We see people all around dysregulated. And what is the effects of that in our society? It, It ends up being you see people screaming at others, you don't see kindness, you see people that are frustrated and irritable, people that are in our fast-paced society that aren't able to communicate what their needs are, and then when they get upset, it just opens a whole can of whoop-ass, basically. All right, let me provide a little bit of background knowledge for this, just in case I'm not hitting it home just right now. So emotional regulation is the conscious or non-conscious control of emotion, mood, or effect. Conscious control is an active thought process or a commitment to a behavior to control your emotion. So that's emotional regulation, also known as a coping mechanism. Non-conscious control means thoughts and behaviors you don't control, like temperament and how some people are just not very emotional. When we say emotions, We mean single emotions that are easy to define, but rarely occur in isolation like anger or sadness. So mood is an emotional state and something which affect and emotions are built on. Sort of like when you are in a bad or good mood and everything else else is built off of that. Affect is the description of a person's immediate emotional state, such as angry, ashamed, or flustered. So I hope that kind of brings in some more thought into your minds right now but if you think about it like it is very shocking to know that there are children that are affected with trauma or their disability to know that they're coming into spaces educational places or just out in the community and they are lacking these skills is that their fault no it is not so that's where myself I came in fell in love with the community It was a very, very hard, challenging job, bruises every single day. But what lit me up and kept me going to work every single day was having the opportunity to see the growth and see the amazing, proud, confident students that were being able to access those skills because they were given opportunity like I wasn't looking at them and thinking hey you're a bad kid you are doing horrible things you just destroyed my classroom you just ruined all this work you know like ripping up stuff the reason why they're doing that isn't because they don't like us it's because they can't communicate and they don't have the skills that a typical peer has to say and speak up and do all those things. But also, what's also 
um, really scary is that many kids that do not have a disability are affected so bad by ACE scores, which are connected to trauma being in their lives from an early age, could be parents divorced, parents um, doing drugs before they were even born, there could be domestic violence, maybe a a parent is in jail, Um, they have um, mental health issues themselves. Any of those things combined will lead to dysregulation. And we see that in adults. We see it every single day. And it's not that we are faulted by that, but there is something missing that they haven't been taught or it's just easier for them to behave a certain way once they are triggered to feel a certain way. So I'm really, really passionate about this you can't tell already and it's hard it's hard to one be self-aware that you have deficits to be self-aware of your surroundings and how your emotional state or your mood or your affect affects other people okay and then also what does your behavior look like when you're in these situations and the first step for us today is to work towards that self-awareness piece like I know I'm going to give you guys a little backstory. This was like last week. I go to therapy. Yay for me, which I think everybody should. It should just be free. So (laughs) I have a therapist. We'll call him Juan. And, you know, I go there and I talk and I feel all the feels. and, And sometimes we get to certain areas that are very, very uncomfortable for me. So I am sitting there and I'm listening to Juan give me words of wisdom. He's you know, listens to me, good listener. We laugh about things. He gives me ideas. He um, spins off sometimes into other areas, but that's okay. I really enjoy being with him. And this day we were talking about a very big trigger of mine. I mean, it's been there my whole life. So when he's talking to me, I can literally feel the volcano building inside my chest. Like I'm getting hot I'm getting a little uncomfortable. I'm getting a little sweaty. I feel like I just want to lunge at him and tell him to shut his hole. Okay? Like totally thinking this in my mind. I'm feeling it. I am aware. That's because I'm aware of my state. I am not calm. I'm not baseline. I'm not ready to learn anything or maybe even hear more information. I have to tell him what I'm feeling. So in that moment, I said, I understand, but I just need to let you know that what we're talking about right now is very uncomfortable for me. Like, I I feel like I'm going to have a panic. I feel like I'm really, really angry inside about this. And I don't want to be this way. Help me. And I cried because it's hard to recognize the bad things that happen. It's hard to recognize the negative states we're in. It's hard to recognize and to show other people our flaws and our imperfections, right? So then after I told him that, it was a nice release for me. We kind of backed off of that situation a little bit. But then not only that, but it was like I got out the words I told him exactly how I felt. I think I kind of left out that I wanted to lunge over and punch him in his pie hole. But (laughs) thank God he would have been like, buzz, leave now. Um, But after I did that, I felt validated. I felt like I was able to communicate what I was feeling. 
And it was okay. It was okay to say, I feel so uncomfortable. I'm going to lose it. And I cried and I let it out. And then I was able to let it go. And also with therapy, sometimes we talk about things, or most of the time we talk about things that are really uncomfortable. And it's interesting to know that it might sit with you for another day or so. So it sat with me for for a couple days. And I just reminded everybody in the house that, you know, I'm I'm at this level right now. And if I can't make dinner or I can't do everything that you need me to do right now, I need to take a break. I need to go to bed early. I need to do all those things. So the reason why I'm telling you guys this long drawn out story about my hot mess life (laughs) is because I want to introduce to you this tool that I use quite often. But what's interesting about it is I've used it so often at work and in my personal life that I just have it like ingrained into my brain. So thinking about that visualization piece. So what I want you to do is get a pen and paper or writing utensil or whatever you need to do. And I need you to number five all the way down to number one. Okay, we're going to be making a chart. And what we're going to have on this chart is information about ourselves. So I'll give you mine as an example, okay? So on the left side, you're going to have five, four, three, two, one, okay? That's going to be our range. And then on the top of that, you're going to write what it looks like, sounds like, feels like in one column. And uh, next to that, you're going to write what to do to regulate, okay? So go ahead and write that down. Level one, that's where I want you to think about your behaviors and what you're like at your baseline state. So I'll give you an example for mine, Julia's baseline. I am calm, I am happy, I am confident, I am not stressed, I don't have a raised voice, I'm laughing, I'm able to concentrate. Um, What could be another one for Julia? One more. Um, Focused, determined, brave, strong, Okay, that's what that looks like for me. Number two, something has made me uncomfortable. So number two is going to be obviously above number one, (laughs) but it's going to be just a little bit different than that baseline. So I'm not going to be calm anymore. I'm going to be, I put for me uncomfortable, squirmish, um, confused. Uh, I like just drew a blank. (laughs) I am easily distracted. So my concentration isn't as focused. Um, I start to feel a little worried and anxious. So a little bit, you know, um, starting to unwind a little bit. Above that, we have level three, which is going to be worse than level two and one. One was baseline. And I'm going to be irritable. So something has happened that has superseded being uncomfortable, right? So I have the volcano is starting to brew in my stomach. Something or somebody said something or I saw something. I have PTSD, so smells, sounds, uh, songs, show, any of that can trigger me. So what that looks like is irritability, grouchy, grumpy, yelling, not like full-blown yelling, but like raised voice, I should say. Very rigid, not pleasant to be around. Critical, worrisome, fear comes in right there in that area. Confusion is still there. Um, Focus is all gone. Okay. That's what's at that level. Number four, 
a little bit higher. Something is really, really making me upset. That volcano continues to grow. It's going to blow like Mount Vesuvius. Beware. Almost out of control. Number five is going to be out of control. Okay. So number four for me is I've taken that yelling up a notch. Maybe I might be swearing. Um, Run away. (laughs) Because, you know, you run away from problems, even though they'll just be there when you come back. Um, Saying things that are irrational, being demanding, grumpy AF. I'm not supportive. Um, Full-blown panic attack probably or will be happening. And number five is stay out of the effing way because... The lava is flowing out of my mouth and I'm swearing and I'm angry and I'm mad. I have no control of what I'm going to say. I need to be comforted. I need to have space. Um, It's just hard to even share all of this with you all. But my hopes is, is that you can dive deep into your own feelings and write them down. So then you know that you have it written down somewhere, you can look and and say, okay, this is what it looks like. This is what it sounds like. And then you can even t- take it to that deeper level. Like this is what it feels like. Kind of like when I explained to my therapist, like, hey, this conversation is really making me uncomfortable. I'm starting to get really angry. You know, this is these are all self-awareness skills. We all need them. And And most of the time, especially if we have baby boomer parents, we weren't taught these skills because it wasn't something that we talked about. We don't talk about feelings. We don't talk about emotions. It's not that they didn't want to. It's just they didn't know how as well. So on the final side, what to do to regulate when you're at each level. So number two, I'm uncomfortable. So if I know what my trigger is, I can make it a little bit easier. So trigger is something that happens or takes place that um, changes something in your mind, your thought process, your feelings, um, your space, any of that. And so what we do, self-awareness, self-management, identifying your feelings, We know that we can learn tools and coping strategies to manage our feelings and our situations to get us back down to baseline, okay? And that can take a long time, depending on if you're at a level five, four, or three, could take quite some time to get down to a level one. Sometimes in my high states of anxiety, it can take a couple days for me to feel really regulated again. But then again, I've been in hypervigilant state from May until maybe like even the beginning of this month. I still have bouts of it every now and then, but it's almost um, over with. So almost fully recovered. So for me, I journal a lot. I do yoga. I spend time alone. Like I've mentioned before um, in previous episodes, I have three locations in my house for me. And depending on what level I am at, will tell you where I am in my house. So the first one is in my bed. So that's going to be 
five and four, or I should say four and five level for me. I don't want to be around anyone. I need space. I need it to be quiet. I meditate a lot. I read a book if I can. Normally um, at that state, I it's hard for me to process information and like my executive functioning skills are affected. Organization is out the window. Um, I have a Zen den, my office where I have books and that's normally where I record my podcast. I'll go there for like a two and outside I need to be, which will be if it's nice here in Flippin' Oregon, okay, and not raining like 10 months out of the year. Um, I'll be outside because I do love being outside in nature and experiencing the sun and the clouds and all that stuff. But obviously I can't do that all the time, but I would never be outside at a level four and five. I would never be in a Zen den and four or five. And I would never be outside on a four or five. So room by myself in my space, that's where I'm going to be at those high dysregulated states. And that's okay because everybody has their own way of managing themselves, right? So it could be yoga, it could be going on walks, it could be switching your tracks by listening to music. I listen to ocean music a lot of the times because that helps calm me because when I go to the ocean and I just smell it, it changes everything for me. And I can't wait to go on Friday. Friday! And it will actually be warm. Like I can swim in Santa Barbara. It's not like the Arctic Ocean up here. So I hope that you guys have a clearer understanding about dysregulation and regulating our emotions. Watch the Inside Out movie. (laughs) And really talking and pairing that with our personal stories in our lives that we are in right now. If you want to look and watch the news, you can probably see lots of news stories about dysregulation, dysregulated people, not just children. It's not just students, friends. And then, you know, making this chart. I think I'll make a template and put it on um, Instagram so you guys can see what one really looks like. Maybe I'll add it to Finding a Village as a tool um, that you guys could use to start building on your own. And what's really great about a numbered scale is you can use this for anything. You can use it with your kids. You can use it for tracking other things in your life. You can work on um, more self-soothing, self-management skills with it. You can really do a lot of things with it. And the reason why I wanted to bring this tool to you guys and bring it out from the realm of the education world at school is because children are not the only ones that are dysregulated. Period. Oh my God, we're all human. (laughs) So I'd like to end the show today with a big thank you. I don't know what just happened there, but thank you so much for supporting my show. And I am just loving every second of it, being able to teach you guys stuff um, and talk with you and be real and be raw and share my story. It's amazing. So to end the show again, I would like to read the review of the week. It's from Heidi F2. And it says, like a talk with your BFF. The first few episodes of this podcast, you hear a lot about the host and her life. 
She shares so much about her story with you. You really get to know Julia. After that, the rest of the episodes are like sitting down with your best girlfriend for a glass of coffee or wine. Julia shares about fighting stress, taking control of your life, and being your best you. She brings in knowledgeable co-hosts with great suggestions. I look forward to new topics every week. Thank you so much, Heidi. I would like you to go ahead and send me a DM on the gram, and I will go ahead and pop one of my new Finding Her 3x5 journals in the mail for you for leaving me a review. And anybody else, if you want to have the opportunity of having one of those journals or hearing your words of creativity and amazingness on the show, leave me a review on iTunes. That's how we keep the community growing and sending out the message to all the ladies around the world. So thank you so much and have a great week.